Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and I'm so excited to share with you some incredible interviews with wonderful entrepreneurs, business owners, and amazing people in my life that are practicing gratitude, self-love, and living with kindness. I also sprinkle in a few solo episodes, and occasionally you'll see family members join in for the fun as well. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited that you've decided to listen in today. This interview was really one of my absolute favorites. You'll get to see me be visibly surprised in the video, but you'll hear it for sure on the audio as we get into the interview. Before we get started, I wanted to invite you guys to join me for a really cool challenge for the month of October. So starting October 1st, 2020, and you can join me at any time, I would love for you to be a part of the 30 Days of Gratitude Challenge. And here's how you can participate. There are lots of simple ways. So the first thing you can do is you can choose to write on social media, um, post basically an image of somebody that you are grateful for, share why you're grateful for them, and then use the hashtag 30 Days of Gratitude Challenge. So you can do that on social media. Uh, Instagram and Facebook are the easiest ones for me to like find your hashtag. But if you're doing it on Twitter, uh, use the hashtag Wake Up With Gratitude as well. That will help me find your post. Another way you can do is you can do it privately. What that means is you could send a text or an email every day to someone in your life and let them know specifically why you're grateful for them. I would definitely say to keep a note in your phone of all the people you're sending these to so that you don't necessarily repeat them in the same month. And then the last thing you can do, which was what I'm going to do, and it, it takes a little bit more time, but it's totally worth it, is I'm going to send a card to someone every day for 30 days. So I'm gonna make my list and I'm gonna send a card out to friends, family, to people that I work with, to service providers, to maybe people I haven't talked to in a really long time and catch up with them, but just sharing something in the card of why I'm grateful for them in my life. So if you're wondering where can I get a great set of cards to use for this, well, let me tell you, I have a 30 Days of Gratitude set of cards. I have two options. One um, is our images that I've taken here on Vancouver Island, and they are blank inside. So sunset, sunrises, mountains, rivers, lakes. And then the second set um, have four of them have words of gratitude inside, and then the other ones are blank. So you get a bit of a combo. So if you want to check out the cards, go to wakeupwithgratitude.com. Remember though, you can totally do this for free. You can do the social media posts. You can do this privately. All that I really want to hear from you is that yes, I'm in and I'm going to join you and you're going to do your best to do this every day from October 1st to October 30th and we're going to do this together and we're going to really raise the vibration globally. In our very personal and timely interview, Blair Kaplan Venables shares how she's created a morning routine that allows her to ease into her day. She made a conscious decision to no longer be busy and to live a fulfilled life where her daily routines around self-love and self-care are non-negotiable. We also connect on the importance of her daily gratitude practice and how it's shaped many aspects of her life. Blair is the number one best-selling author of Pulsing Through My Veins, Raw and Real Stories from an Entrepreneur. Blair's passion is the I Am Resilient Project, an online community where users share their stories of overcoming life's most difficult moments. 
Blair is an expert in social media marketing and the president of Blair Kaplan Communications, a British Columbia-based PR agency. Blair and I actually met on Instagram through the hashtag daily gratitude. So it's a social media success story in the making. I loved this time that I had with Blair and I'm super excited to share it with you today. So please join me in welcoming Blair Kaplan Venables. Hello everyone and welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and I am very excited to have a brand new friend on the podcast today. Good morning, Blair. Good morning. Oh, I'm so grateful that you're here with us today. Uh, Blair Kaplan Venables is a social media marketing expert, and we met through, ironically, of course, social media. We met on Instagram. I was following Blair for some time and just watching her share her book and her travels and her speaking and all the things she was doing. And I was definitely a little bit intimidated. And just like everybody else, Blair is a human being with a beautiful heart and so kind. And when I reached out and I said, you know what, I really think we should connect and it made sense that Blair would be uh, a guest on the podcast. She also uh, it created this incredible movement, the I Am Resilient Project, which we're going to get into. She practices gratitude throughout her day. She has an amazing attitude. And, and guess what? Like most people, she's overcome some pretty major life challenges uh, in, her, in her most recent history as well. So Blair, I'd love for you to share a little bit of your story with our listeners so they can get to know you. Thank you so much for having me, Julie. First of all, I just want to say that if I can choose a second middle name, it would be Gratitude. I'd be Blair Dana Gratitude Kaplan Venables because it is the essence of my being. So the fact that the universe connected you to me through a hashtag, hashtag gratitude on Instagram, and here we are today, I think that's so powerful and so important. Um, but yeah, so a little bit about me. I'm the president of Blair Kaplan Communications. I'm the founder of the I Am Resilient Project. So I'm a social media and public relations expert and a social media mentor and coach. Um, but the I Am Resilient Project is something that I really want to talk about. So I'm from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Holla, all those prairie people out there. Um, but I moved out west like a lot of Manitobans do to escape the winter. And I fell in love with the West Coast. And I know, Julie, you live on the West Coast too, right? So, mm -hmm. so if you're out there and you're living near the ocean and the mountains, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Exactly. So, um, but when I moved out West, my father and I didn't have the best relationship. And he lives with addiction. And what I decided in my 20s was to forgive him. I went to something called the Landmark Forum. And it was a personal development forum. And I went in there because it was a free trip to Vancouver, like right before I moved, not to try and fix anything, but I saw it as a free trip um, from the company I worked for, which was Lululemon. And something resonated, something clicked, and I had the tools to forgive my father. And I called him and I apologized forever, having anger towards him. He and I had some really deep and meaningful moments. And we continued this conversation and I decided to accept whatever relationship he was going to be able to give me. Now, growing up, I was a daddy's girl. I was really close with him. But when his addiction took over, my parents divorced and he was in and out of my life and it broke my heart. I didn't understand. I just didn't understand why my dad, who once loved me, didn't love me anymore. But now, in hindsight, I realize he, in fact, loved me the entire time. He was just not well. 
but no one told me that because we didn't know in the 90s what we know now about addiction and mental health. And so we started to develop this beautiful relationship. He started to come and visit me in Vancouver. He began his journey to sobriety. I finally had my dad back in my life and it's all I ever wanted. Unfortunately, at the end of 2018, we learned that my dad was terminally ill. I just felt so robbed. And we started talking about our story of forgiveness and resilience and addiction and our father-daughter journey. And what was happening is as I was telling my story, it was helping me heal. And as my dad was telling the story, it was helping him heal. We went on CBC Manitoba Radio to share our story. And I decided, you know what? I want to write a book. I want to write a book about resilience. So I'm a writer. I also write. I love it. It's a passion. So I was like, I don't know how to write a book. I've never done this. Uh, I guess I need to, uh, I want to write other people's stories. I want to share other people's stories of resilience. How am I going to get these stories? I guess I'll start a website. So I started a website. I started social media and I was like, okay, great. Now I started marketing because marketing is my wheelhouse and people's stories started coming in. And then I went to a workshop to learn how to write a book. I decided to write a business book for my first book so I could learn how to write a book on a different project. But my father and I decided the I Am Resilient project was going to be a legacy piece for us. And it would be a really beautiful way to, I'd say, put up, like, to summarize our journey as father daughter. It's been a roller coaster. But also, when he does, you know, leave this planet, we have this really beautiful legacy piece that all started from our journey of forgiveness. And so we're actually just in the final stages of working on our first book. We're still collecting stories, but anyone could submit a story. We've all overcome challenges, right? And unfortunately, my father is now in palliative care, so he's still alive. He's unfortunately not doing too well. I had the privilege of going back to Winnipeg this summer to spend some time with him and the family, which was really special. And, um, it just reminded me why I was doing this project and it's fully a passion project. My sister works on it with me. Her name's Alana. She is a social worker and a family and child and family therapist in Toronto. So it's a really special project because we work on it together and it just means so much to me. And sorry, it means so much to me that you have me on your show, but What's helped me navigate all this is that every day I practice gratitude. Yeah. Right. And we talked about that. Oh, that is, I keep thinking back to how this story started for you, which was the forgiveness piece, which is the hardest piece I think for so many of us is that ability to forgive Um, my therapist that I work with, she said, it's forgiveness. does not mean we forget. We do not forget necessarily the way someone treated us or the way that, you know, things happen, but forgiveness is about ourselves, right? It's about being able to move forward and release that anger. And I applaud you for having the courage to not only face this very difficult situation with your father, to do the work to invest the time, and then to actually have the courage to repair that relationship. It's extremely powerful. And I think, you know, a project like this that came out of forgiveness is very, very powerful and so needed. And I think right now, 
there are so many of us that are struggling in many different ways and with anger and frustration and maybe needing to forgive maybe even ourselves first for the ways that we are dealing, especially like right now, currently we're dealing with the pandemic and how a lot of people like addiction is a, a major, major issue right now during the pandemic. So I'm curious about, you know, this project that you've created and you've got this business, how do the two of them work together? Like you work with your clients and then they become part of the project or how exactly does that kind of work with uh, your business model? I'm really curious. Well, when I started the I'm Resilient Project, I didn't start it with uh, revenue in mind. I'm someone who believes in giving back ever since I was 12 um, or training for my bat mitzvah, I should say, um, working with a rabbi. I was taught the importance um, of volunteering. And so I've always given back, whether it was volunteering at the old, um, at the retirement home with Alzheimer's patients, or um, I used to volunteer with Ovarian Cancer Canada. I'm on the board of directors of the Pemberton Chamber of Commerce. I helped bring a refugee family to Pemberton with a, a group of people. Pemberton's where I live, up in the mountains. And so when I created this project, it was fully just to give back because the power of me telling my story was helping me heal. And when I created a space and a platform for other people to share their stories, it was also helping them heal. And as a business person, I really believe in karma and that the universe you know, givers gain, right? Like yeah. what you put out will come back yeah. in. And I mean, I'm not doing this to receive anything. I'm except for healing, but it, it shows a, that I, I care. Like I do have a really big amount of empathy inside my heart. Yeah. Um, but with my communications company, people do see what I've built and see what I'm capable of, but I don't use it as a business tool. I use it as a healing tool. Oh, I love that. I love that distinction. I'm using it as a healing tool versus a business tool. And I think that's, I love that because sometimes as entrepreneurs and business people, we are told that we need to focus on revenue generating activities. And that's where we have to spend our time and our energy. And I've learned over the past few years, I mean, I've got, if you're watching the video, I've got my photos behind me, which when I first started taking photos of the sunrise, it was never about revenue generating. It was actually for my mental health and my mental well-being was the reason I was out taking photos every morning was I needed the space to, to really process my mental well-being and my health. And it has actually now become a part of my business, but it was never, I never started out that way. So that's a really great lesson for someone who's listening as an entrepreneur. And they're like, well, but I've got this passion project and I don't know how I'm going to monetize it right? Allow the space for you to share your gifts in a way that may or may not ever turn into monetization, but who knows where this, this project, who knows where it's going to go, right? Right. And I mean, part of my goal, like part of my business model and my passion is speaking. I'm a social media educator. I also speak about re um, resilience and gratitude and female entrepreneurship and women in business. So Essentially, I, you know, I do get brought on to facilitate conversations that stemmed from my lessons from starting this project. Amazing. And that's what's so cool is sometimes when we start something and we follow our joy and follow our passion, we don't know where it's going to end up. And it's that allowing ourselves the space to find that creativity um, is super important. Now, there's something I want to talk about because you shared this with me when we spoke and you said 
you wanted to create a business that is full as opposed to busy and you changed the way that you were doing things. Um, I don't know if it was a result of what happened with your husband um, and his health or if it was kind of the two happen at the same time. So can you share it with us what that means for you? Oh, right. So I guess I should quickly just update everyone on my husband. (laughs) Um, So Shane's my husband. We've been together for nine years. We just celebrated three years married. He is fine and healthy and like fit. Fit as a fiddle. Is that even the saying? I don't know. Yes. And, but last year at this time in the beginning of October, he had a heart attack and quadruple bypass surgery. And when that happened, our lives were completely changed. And my whole perspective on life fully shifted. My priorities fully shifted. And going into the pandemic while he was still recovering, one, we already slowed down. So it wasn't such a shock to us because we were already safe at home. But um, I also suffered uh, suffered something that inspired a whole like ritual and, and, and basically a change in the way I do things. And we can touch on that in a bit because it's a pretty interesting story there. But Um, I've decided I no longer want to be busy. To me, busy is a toxic word. Yes, it can be used positively, but for me, people associate me with having a lot of really great projects or really cool things I'm doing as being busy in a bad way. Whoa, you're busy. I actually even had someone tell me once I told them I'm trying to conceive, though you're too busy to have kids. And like, whoa, lady, I'm going to prove you wrong. So I'm no longer busy. I'm fulfilled. I have a very full schedule. My happiness cup is overfilling, overflowing. (laughs) Um, You know, my heart feels full. And I've even had to catch myself when I say busy. I I catch myself and I say I mean fulfilled because ever since I've started using that, the universe has been bringing me some really fantastic opportunities because I'm not putting up that negative block and that wall of busyness. And I refuse to be busy. I don't want to be busy. I want to be fulfilled. I'm only going to take things on that bring me joy and fulfill me because that means I'm not busy and that I'm loving what I'm doing. This language shift is really, really important, right? This um, shifting from being busy to being fulfilled. It's the saying uh, no to the good so you can say yes to the great. It's the concept of it's okay to live a life and follow your joy because the goodness is going to come into your life if you allow, but we're not raised that way. Culturally, being busy is a badge of honor. Culturally, you know, you have to say yes to every opportunity in case you miss one. And what I really like about you, Blair, is that you said, uh-uh, no way. I we had a terrible scare with my husband. And not, and the thing is that you were already doing some of these things. It's not like it was like an overnight, but it was like now 100% it's a priority. Well, how many people right now have had that moment of this is now a priority, taking care of me, doing this stuff that brings me joy and fulfills me instead of just adding more stuff to my calendar that isn't bringing me joy. There's so many people that are still struggling with that distinction of like, wait a minute, this morning routine, it's okay to do. So Can we tap a little bit into that morning routine? I don't know if that goes back to your story about how you've changed, but your morning routine is pretty awesome. Sure. And and then we can also even talk about my evening routine because I sandwich my day with greatness. So um, I also just love what you said there about saying no to the good so you can say yes to the great. I've never heard that and I freaking love it. 
So that's cool. Um, so right at the beginning of the pandemic, um, I left a toxic client relationship, felt free as a bird. The world was imploding, but I didn't care because I got rid of something in my life that was not bringing me and not bringing me happiness. And I was making coffee and it was first thing in the morning on a Saturday and my glass coffee press exploded and a piece about this big, the size, a little bit bigger than a toonie, maybe the size of an Oreo um, exploded and the boiling hot water as I was pressing the coffee down very badly burnt my chest and my arm and my face. And uh, I'm fine now, but it was second and first and second degree burns. I had to go to the ER a few times. Now I like to start my day off with a shower, but there was no way I could shower with these burns. So I started having baths in the morning. So my husband is a man of leisure. And ever since I've met him, he started each day off with a bath. And as I got to know his family, I learned his mom does this too. And I think maybe his dad, but they're from a bathing family. And I thought this was really weird. Like, how are you, how do you have time in the morning for a bath? Well, um, I had no choice because I couldn't shower and I like to be clean when I start my day, especially because I start my day off with physical activity. I move my body, whether it's just a walk or some yoga or a living room workout. So I started having baths and it was so nice, you know, 7 a.m., lighting a candle, listening to a podcast, shutting the lights off, having a bath. I got really into it. And now it's part of my routine. I ease into my day. I don't rush into my day, right? <sighs> Like, give yourself some time, people. Now, you know, this morning I didn't have a bath because there was a huge storm here and the bath water was running a little dirty. I don't know. I guess that's a thing in small towns. I'm a city person. Well, I'm a small town person now. Yes. So I had a shower this morning, but then I made a coffee, lit some candles, put on my robe and laid on the couch and read magazines at 6.30 a.m. Mm. It's all about how you start your day, people. It is. And do you know what I love too is like, you didn't set out to create this morning routine. You were like, well, you know, okay, this person said this morning routine is good. And then I have to do this and that. And then where, and then the gratitude and ah, you were like, I'm going to just, I need to shift. Obviously can't do what I was doing before. Um, how do I shift that? And you allowed yourself that time in the space. And some listening might say, well, that's easy for you to say, Blair, you don't have kids. And I say, well, then you might have to get up before your kids um, to take that, even if it's 15 minutes or 30 minutes, that's a decision that we can make. We can always use our kids as an excuse. I'm a mom of one. I homeschool. I work from home. It has been very challenging uh, for the past, it's been two and a half years since I've been working from home and homeschooling my daughter who is 10 in a few days. And I can always use my daughter as an excuse. And my, one of my mentors said, she's like, she heard me say something about my daughter and she goes, never use your daughter as an excuse again. I was like, okay. Wow. And I mean, you deserve you time. You can't pour from an empty cup. <laughs> the bath is only 10 minutes. I mean, you, if like, Oh, you I love taking yourself. Baths. I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a mom. So I don't really have that level of privilege to, sh to give any parents out there mm -hmm. advice. Sure. But, but I know that I do have some friends and family that are moms that do make time for certain things. I have a friend who prioritizes, she has three kids. She prioritizes, like she will straighten and blow dry her hair because that's her, her time. Yeah. That is her time and she enjoys it. So. Well, it goes back to the busy versus fulfilled. So it's honestly, sometimes there's more pressure on women who don't have children to have 
a more fulfilling career and more time working because you don't have kids. So what's your excuse, right? Like that sometimes is the pressure that a woman who doesn't have children falls under. And it just goes back to what you said. Do I want to be busy or fulfilled? And starting my day like this, you know, with that time for you, and I know you like to go walking as well. I see some of your beautiful pictures as well and the gratitude time. So tell me about the evening part of your routine. So over five years ago, um, I went to a luxury wellness retreat. And before we went to this retreat, we had a bunch of pre-reading and listening and videos and Bunch of um, a bunch of really cool resources, and a video from Sean Acor really struck a chord with me. <laughs> Continue. Yeah. yeah. If and you're watching the video, you'll see my eyes pop open. Continue. Okay. Tell me about so Sean. Acor. What the, what struck a chord was so a lesson I learned from him is if you practice gratitude every day for at least 21 days, mm-hmm. and you list three things you're grateful for around the same time, the neural pathways in your brain start to switch, and you see the world in a more positive way. I said in my, when I heard this, I'm like, that seems really easy to do something easy to do every day. And I would love to see the world a little more positively because life is hard. Life is hard. And I don't, you know, like what tools can I have to strengthen my resilience muscle? So when I need to activate those muscles, it's strong. Right. And so I set an alarm in my phone for 9 PM and I called it the gratitude alarm. And there's a message that says, what are you grateful for? And every single day it goes off at 9 PM. And me and whoever I'm with, we list what we're grateful for. And it's great. Like if I'm in a terrible mood and I had a bad day because I'm a human and life happens, I might pout and just snooze the alarm or turn it off. And my husband across the house will be like, I'm grateful for cats, hockey, and my wife. Like my Shane, my Shane, well, he's my Shane. My husband, Shane, like he participates. If we're not, to, um, if we're not together, we text each other. If I'm at a party, which isn't a thing right now, but when I used to be at parties, we would all stop what we're doing and list it. If I'm out for dinner, it's with family, it's literally part of my life and it's become part of a lot of my, my friends' lives. And it's such a beautiful ritual. Sometimes I even share it on my Instagram story. I get in the habit Mm -hmm. of doing it um, because it's also really nice to find those things. And if you're having that really bad day and you have to think about three things that were good and that you're grateful for it shifts how your day was. You know, maybe it's, I'm grateful for coffee. I'm grateful that my third meeting was canceled and I'm really grateful for milk duds. I mean, like who doesn't love milk duds, right? So I've been doing this for years. A lot of people in my life have been inspired by this practice. I think it's really a tool that's helped me strengthen my resilience muscle to the point that it's allowed me to navigate the loss of my grandfather, the upcoming, you know, the the challenges I've been given with Shane's health, um, my father's terminal illness and navigating running a business while dealing with all this heavy personal stuff. So I will apologize for jumping in because I don't usually jump in on my interviews, but I was like, what? So you don't know this about my story. I'm almost positive you don't. So in 2011, I was at a conference and um, there they had Sean Aker as a speaker. And I went to the breakout session and he said, if you want to change the neural pathways in your brain, start practicing gratitude for 21 days, write down three things that you're specifically grateful for that day. And don't write the same thing every day. And that was in 2011, August, 2011. And I started writing that night and I kept writing. And what I do is I added a fourth gratitude intention. 
So a gratitude intention is writing in the present tense, something that is yet to manifest on the physical plane, something that you want to create. And it, it worked for so many things in our lives. That's how we ended up in British Columbia. We made a commitment at the beginning of 2017 that we would move to BC by the end of the year. And on December 7th, we got on a plane to move to BC from Ontario. And it all started with Sean Aker. I did gratitude practices before. I had been inspired by the movie, The Secret and had done gratitude journals, but like a lot of people, I had fallen off that habit. And for some reason, that day with Sean Aker just really solidified that habit. I was like, yeah, I can do that. Cause he gave a bunch of lists of things that you could do, but I was like, that one I can do. And here we are, it's 2020. And I still, there are only a very few periods of time in my life that I have not written in my gratitude journal every single, I write in my gratitude journal every single night. And just like you, when things are not working, when things are difficult, I will write, like, I am truly grateful that this shitty thing happened, right? And I will write it down because we, if you believe that you are on a journey and you believe that the universe is working in your greatest and highest good, then sometimes when bad things happen, like you said, with your burn, which was, we're not grateful you were burned. That's not what it was, but it's the gratitude of like, this led you into a new practice and a new way of caring for yourself. That's what deep gratitude is. So going to breathe there for a second. <laughs> I, I just think it's really special that he also, Sean, inspired you. Like I, it's just changed my life. And you know, if you're out there watching this or listening to this, I challenge you set your alarm. Set Everyone has yeah. a phone. Almost everyone has a phone or an alarm clock or whatnot. Set an alarm to go off, set it for every single day. And it's a non-negotiable. Mine goes off in the movie theater. Well, it used to, cause now movie theaters, are they even open? But like literally it goes off all the time. Even if I've gone to bed early, it will go off. So I try not to go to sleep before nine, but I could easily be asleep by nine Oh two, but it's my non-negotiable yeah. and it's great. It's a great way to end the day. Um, you can do it in the morning. I like it from the end of the day, but yeah. you know, set an alarm and just try it out. Even if it's just listing it to yourself or putting it in the notes section of your phone, Yep. you make it well, a family practice that you do at the dinner table. You know? Well, that's what I do in the morning too, is I write it in my notes in my phone and I send it to a friend that I'm accountable to. So we send it back and forth to each other. And we have this like unwritten agreement where we don't actually discuss what we wrote in our gratitude unless the person brings it up. So we'll write a lot of the difficult, our morning gratitude to me is like writing all the stuff that's I'm finding difficult and challenging. And then I write it down so that it doesn't, I don't carry with it in my day. So just like you said, choose just Start with one. Don't try and do both at the same time. Pick one. I love the alarm. You can change the name of your alarm. This is awesome. So as we sort of get towards the end of things, I want to make sure though that we talk about your book. So you have a physical real book called Pulsing Through My Veins. If you want to tell us, yes. And if you just want to Tell us the subtitle because I can't read it from here. So it's called Pulsing Through My Veins, Raw and Real Stories from an Entrepreneur. Um, I literally was born an entrepreneur. I come from a long line of entrepreneurs. My dad, actually, there's a picture of him back here. Um, he was a, is a graduate gemologist. He used to be a diamond dealer and, you know, super innovative businessman when he was younger. Um, and I've just been surrounded by entrepreneurs my entire life. When I was 12, I had my mom sign up for Avon and I went door to door selling makeup so I can buy my own makeup. 
When I was 18, I imported cigar box purses from New York and sold them in the mall. I started my business when I was 23 at the beginning of the recession in Vancouver. Had no idea what I was doing in business, but was confident I can build a successful public relations company. This was over 12 years ago. So I, like I said earlier in this interview, I wanted to write a book about resilience and gather stories of resilience. And then when I started to learn about the book writing process, I decided that I didn't want that to be my first book and that I wanted another book to be my first book so I could learn lessons. And I had a book about entrepreneurship with all the lessons I've so far learned in my head that I put fingers to keyboard or pen to paper, (laughs) messenger pigeon to (laughs) brain. I don't know. So this book is basically um, a digestion of the lessons I've learned as an entrepreneur because I learned a lot of lessons the hard way. So you don't have to. Awesome. I love it. So where is the book available? How do we find it? Yeah. So Pulsing Through My Veins, Raw and Real Stories from an Entrepreneur is available on Amazon anywhere in the world, amazon.ca.com. You know, I did not imagine publishing a book in a pandemic. I actually was supposed to have it out last year, but then life happened. And so it took me about a year to write it, edit it, publish it, became a best-selling author in a pandemic, couldn't throw a big party, did some roving readings around town, made a video. It was super awesome. I loved it. Like I'm working on my second business book and I'm working on the I'm Resilient book. So, and do you mind if I share a bit more about who we're looking for, for the I'm Resilient No, that we, yeah, we haven't spent enough time really digging into that because you're still collecting stories for that project, right? Right. So um, our website is IamResilient.info. And what it is, is we're a community a safe space for people to share stories of resilience, any story of overcoming any challenge. We have people submitting stories from around the world. It's completely free. You just go to imresilient.info. There's a submit button. And we have stories of people overcoming mental health struggles, anxiety, depression, cancer, um, the loss of a loved one, addiction. And they're just average people like me and you. We are humans, we're built to be resilient and we all overcome challenges. And I want to create a safe space for people to heal, to read stories of other people who've gone through similar challenges so they know they're not alone, so they know they can get through the challenge and a place where people can share their stories so they can help other people and so they can help themselves heal. Every story submitted gets shared on our website and our social media, so Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and all those handles can be found on our website. And we're curating uh, 52 stories to be published in our first book. And I'm assuming, I shouldn't assume, but I feel like it's going to be many books down the line we're going to be publishing. But this is all a legacy project, tying back to my journey with my father. And we're in the stage of a last call for the first book. Um, I would like all the stories submitted by November 1st, but it's an ongoing project. It's a community. And we exist to help you. And that's what we are. So it's really exciting. So... Um, the last call is for November 1st. I've extended so I should be sharing times. my story is what you're telling me. Yeah, share your story. And it's easy. Like we lay yeah, it out. I saw. I suggest typing it out in Word, but yeah. we give you guidelines. Like one sentence on what your challenge is. 500 words on how you overcame. Like what, what is the situation? Yeah. Um, words of advice for someone going through something similar. And how were you resilient? There's yeah. no wrong answers. This is your story. You are writing your story. You know your story better than anyone. 
Yeah, I'm excited for that. I, I love this opportunity for people. Like you said, sometimes sharing a story is part of healing. And so that is super important and you're providing a safe space for that. So really excited for that. So uh, tell us again, what is your website and where do we find you on the socials? Right. So IamResilient.info is the I Am Resilient project. And you know what? I'm anywhere on social media. I am the only Blair Kaplan Venables but let's just plug Instagram because that's how we connected. You want to connect with me on Instagram. I am Blair from Blairland. And if you connect with me, I do have, I do have a lot of stuff going on on Instagram. Maybe shoot me a message that you heard this interview so I can connect back with you. You know, and that's a cool thing to share because I have had people find me on Instagram and posting my podcast. They, they listen, you know where you do the shout out at the end of your podcast, like when you have the, the, you know, thanks for listening and share on your stories. And I've had people do that. And it's honestly the coolest thing because you're like, for every person that actually shares something, there are thousands that didn't have the courage to actually say hello or connect with us. So uh, please find us on Instagram. Um, we're going to be sharing stuff in stories. Uh, depending on when you're watching this, we're going to be doing a book giveaway on Instagram. So pay attention to that, an author signed copy of the book. And so you want to be paying close attention to that. It's happening soon. So if you're listening to this, when the podcast launches, you can get in on that Instagram contest. And, you know, I just want to say, I really What's really cool is we discovered so many things during this interview that I feel like I could see us continuing on another podcast episode or doing some kind of project together. There's a lot of alignment between you and I, which I think is why we were like connected this way at Instagram. So thank you so much, Blair, for being such a wonderful guest with me today. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you to everyone that got to the end of this podcast interview and enjoyed what we had to say and who are you know, I'm grateful for all of you and I'm grateful for you, Julie. Hey friend, thanks for listening right to the end of the podcast. Did you learn something new? Was there some gratitude tip that you'll be able to apply in your life? If there was, or if you'd like to share this podcast with a friend, it would mean so much if you took the time to maybe share the link on social media or send it to a friend in a text message or even post to your stories and tag me in it. You can easily find me on social media. My tags are at wake up with gratitude photo, both on Instagram and Facebook and everywhere else I can be found with my name, which is Julie C M B O Y E R. So that's Julie C M Boye on all other social media. I love getting to know the people that are listening to my podcast. I love hearing from you and let me know which episodes have made a difference in your life. Thanks for listening in. I appreciate every single minute that we share together on the podcast.